everybody, Gene Valentino, and welcome to our th another episode of the Grassroots Truth Casts. This is our uh, interview uh, podcasts we do with various guests from time to time. I'm doing this with Kay Mary Weathers. Uh, I don't know what to call you, Kay, uh, a psychic, um, uh, 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 sort of someone who deals in the paranormal the out-of-body experience stuff. We had two episodes prior that focused on that. Today we're focusing on, uh, really, uh, the world underground. What's underground? Besides a few coffins we were giggling about. <laughs> There's a few things under this planet Earth that's below terra firma that we don't even uh, know about that's um, quite uh, interesting. And that's what we're going to focus on today is trying to decide what is out there that we know about that has logic or common sense uh, to being underground, and more mysteriously, what is underground that we do not know about. And uh, then the other half of the show, if we have time, we're going to get into a concept, the mysterious concept of ball lightning. Yes, some of it's been created or recreated in the labs, but the issue is from uh, the natural forces in nature, how much of it is um, coming from a natural phenomenon versus how much might be considered psychic or abnormal. And that's where Kay Merriweathers is going to help me out. Welcome to the show, Kay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. We had biting our tongues with our silliness before uh, <laughs> we started wondering, uh, really, what is underground, right? Uh, we were talking before the show began about the world, the world in general, and all the different kinds of underground uh, venues that exist for different purposes and, um, and, uh, and, and different sizes and different qualities of construction. We're, I'd like to talk about what's underground. What's underground at the White House? What's underground at Congress? What's underground between the two locations? Uh, What's a underground around the rest of the world that you can cite? I'd be happy to talk to you about. Kay Merriweathers is from the Panhandle of Florida. She's a psychic, and she deals in a lot of uh, paranormal and out-of-body experience things. I wouldn't call her a mind reader or a palm cards or any of that Ouija board crap. She's more of um, uh, a natural. Uh, she has natural psychic abilities, which have been proven and used by Private businesses, individuals, and government has actually called upon her uh, at times for some help. And she's been spot on with some of her uh, uh, uncoverings and revelations and um, has been spot on with some of her of the proposed or projected outcomes that she's been able to reveal uh, to her clients. But today, Kay, we're talking about underground stuff. <laughs> so what's underground other than a few dead bodies? Oh, man. I know. And my power company's <laughs> gas and water bill coming in. I know that's underground. But what else is underground? There's got to be a few more, more things to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Well, pick one. Um, I want to talk about a favorite place where I was at overseas. It's a little bit more mythical, like your Atlantis or your Antarctica. But it's a place I've been to that people can look up. It's called the Sphinx. It's in Romania. It's in the Brescia. It's up in the mountains, our Carpathian uh, mountains. And it's called the Sphinx because the shape of the head looks like the Sphinx in Egypt. Now, beneath it, the Pentagon had discovered in 2005 
and alerted the Romanian Paranormal Division, which is top secret, by the way, but they alerted them to this chamber, this base that was beneath the Sphinx head, and it was a tunnel that went underground and basically opened up and had these connected chairs on the ground, and this green circuit apparently runs through it, and basically this technology is so advanced, okay, that it not only powers everything that is off, they don't know how it's powered because there's no electricity, there's no gold power beneath there, there's just these big tables. So you walk up to the Wait a minute, there's just tables underground? Yeah, these tables are not normal tables. They look like granite tables that you would walk up to, but when you walk up to them and touch them in a certain way, a hologram projects upwards. Have you seen this? I have seen this in my mind, and I've seen this with other things. Have I had access down to this? No. But um, you know where it is in Romania. Correct. I know exactly where it is because I've actually been there. And um, these holograms basically can educate you on any subject. One table could be for engineering. The other table is supposed for anything biology, anatomy that you would want to look up. And it basically gives you all these downloads. Highly what advanced. is this, uh, like osmosis? You hold the table and then you get downloaded some information? <laughs> kind of. With uh, both imagery and sound technology, it allows you to download information that is more compatible with us because it's, it's just better than learning from a book, essentially. But speaking of books, there's also another underground facility that is in Worcester, Massachusetts, near Boston, that apparently has a library that runs 26 miles underground, the largest library in the world. In Worcester, Massachusetts. Yes. It is one of the biggest libraries underground in the world besides what people know about Alexandria that's no longer in existence. So, you know, we have libraries underground. We have um, apparently this technology that holds all of this academic information. Um, and, of course, you have, switching gears, we have a lot of military bases, like NORAD base that people know about. You've seen in movies, and the world's going to happen. You better get to that base. Um, All right, now hold on. You yeah. went from libraries in Worcester, Mass., to NORAD military bases. Uh -huh. I understand the NORAD military base and how serious a bunker that is under underground, uh, designed with the concept uh, uh, of, um, of nuclear protection, for mm -hmm. nuclear protection. That doesn't surprise me too much, but what's unique about it? What's unique about it is the depth of it, and I think um, its connections. There's a lot of cameras that are in the NORAD base that are similar to NSA facilities, and they could be monitoring things that may be human that may not be human. Um, and that's another thing. Are there other highly advanced civilizations that are not human that are living among us as we speak? Um, and that's why all those cameras are there, not so much for the nukes, because they may have capacity to easily take out the nukes. Are you aware of any research or testing going on in this phenomenon of, uh, of psychic or paranormal or out-of-body stuff that might be tested? At these on facilities, yes. They, so some of these facilities in the 60s and 70s where there were big trials of LSD and just different drug studies that they were doing at the time because they didn't have a lot of that. Um, 100% they were investigating like uh, Project Stargate and all these were underground. A lot of them were in facilities and they were using it to view on foreign affairs to keep us ahead of the game. Um, but they were also just curious on what the human limits are and they still are. So I look at the political environment today and I'm 
a little bit frustrated with the level of, uh, of, of our quality of government governance and how we seem to have slipped in the world scene with our efficiency and sophistication uh, of science and a lot of this leading edge stuff. From your experience, do you think that maybe there's a culture within America uh, that is more advanced than we realize that gives us that that needs credit given to? Yes. And Explain. I... I'm trying to say that the politicians come and go, but the real heroes of this nation are not as um, uh, uh, obvious or, or uh, no, boisterous as the politician. There's not. On the backside, these folks who are considered heroes, what are they? What are they doing to, uh, in this area? Well, some of them. Here's a good example. Underground, perfect example. Electromagnetic, uh, electronic warfare. These people are constantly saving our butts, you know, through the ether of the cables, and they get no recognition for it. People don't know where they're at. They don't know what they're doing. Um, they're usually underground, and including at the Omaha base, which is uh, SAC, they're specifically there for the um, Strategic Air Command Center in Omaha, Nebraska, that President Bush was at 20 years ago after September 11, and he was, uh, that's a big underground facility that has now come to light. And that's, is that the Offutt Airbus Air uh -huh. Base? What's going on there? So originally it was built in 1948 in World War II for the Martin Bomber Company, uh, and then it was designed by the firm of Albert Kahn. And then in 54, they built the new headquarters, which was the hardened underground facility that we have today. So President Bush, he flew out to that Air Force Base in Bellevue um, when our nation was under attack, which is interesting. And that was the historical 55th wing um, that was featuring the safety bunker and that hosted President Bush on September 11th and provided the safety and security necessary for President Bush to make his crucial decisions regarding the nation's safety. So he wasn't actually in the White House like people think. He was in Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> wow. Yes, I do remember him going to the Midwest during during that time. Yes. Yeah, he didn't stay there completely, but I think when the sa when things were safe, he came out Correct. Uh, of it. And all of these people around our country and out of our country have these sites set up, some of them for good to help people in these critical situations. Some of these could be doing bad things like trafficking and drugs, but we can get to that in another portion. But yes. Okay. Well, you're listening to Kay Merriweather's here on Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. This is another one of our podcasts. This is the third episode with uh, Kay Merriweather's. We, she's from the panhandle of Florida and, we have her on from time to time to discuss various phenomenons. It's sort of a an existential existential outreach on our part here on the Grassroots Truth Cast to reach out to things that are not so obvious and in our face, like we do with the rest of the Truth Casts involving pol politicians, social cultural issues, everything that's blasting us day to day and stressing us out in the media. This is sort of an alternative where we get to sit down and take a look at the world and the life around us and see if there's something else we should be looking at or thinking about. Uh, many people, you know, Mary Kay, that are not so religious will live in this realm of uh, the supernatural and the uh, all these uh, out-of-body phenomenon that are, quite frankly, hard to describe. And uh, your focus today is 
just on what might be under the Earth's surface. So we're talking about what's underground. Some of it is physical and intended and planned for by man or mankind. Mm -hmm. But then there's the element of the mystery that has transcended over centuries that we um, uh, look at as artifacts or relics that have been abandoned underground and they're not useful anymore like NORAD is. Let's talk about a few of those that and what might be happening around the world in some of these underground places. So let's go to one of those ones that's kind of closed down. It's Wachahatchee, Texas. Um, that is the known as the Hadron Collider that we have now in Europe. It was a superconducting super collider. That was in 1993. I think the 90s were a good year. That was under the Ronald Reagan Laboratory, nicknamed Desertron. And it was a particle accelerator complex under construction, uh, like I said, in Texas. So some people still believe that it is up and functioning because it is ginormous. It's the same thing um, with something that is functioning also in Denver Airport in 1995. So they did a lot of building in the 90s underground. Um, and that's the Colorado U.S. Denver Airport. A lot of people know it. It's infamous for the Freemason signs, the murals on the airport. A lot of uh, interesting things go on there. It's not your typical airport like JFK or, say, Atlanta Airport that you'd be flying out from. Is the particle accelerator still in use or being um, used in any way? Possibly. I don't have anything that confirmed that, but they kind of moved a lot of their operations over into Europe. However, I still there's still tons of engineers in Texas kind of working on similar things. So that would lead me to believe that it's still operational just because you have um, a similar NASA institution not too far away in parts of Texas, as well as when you get down to Titusville, Florida. There's only a few places. You have Texas, you have Alabama, um, parts of Mississippi, and then Titusville, Florida for NASA, and Northrop Grumman, all those places that were shooting people off into space. Well, the research there stays... Uh... It's a mysterious issue because there's a lot of research still being done there. Um, uh, it's very interesting how they're using it to study all aspects of maybe an alternative energy or a more effective use of energy by slowing the energy down or speeding it up to smash it to see what the byproduct could be, uh, a radiocarbon of sorts and the isotopes related to it. Go ahead, I interrupted well, and you. Well, paranormally, though, that's a good point. So you see that big circle that's there, and paranormally, once you figure out how to slow and speed things up, that could hold an access to teleportation technology, access to um, IVF treatment, which would be for fertility treatment, by um, picking out proper cells and things of that nature. So you're talking about being able to manipulate the genetics of this planet, as well as not just for humans and being able to you know, say wipe out disease, but also plant material, what you would grow, we would be selecting a lot of those things. To some people, that'd be very freaky. They mm. wouldn't want to go down that route. Other people may be researching these things, not just simply of, hey, let me get a fast train, car, plane. Uh, how fast can I fly from New York to London? You know? Well, this magnetic ring, this particle accelerator, which is a magnetic ring, mm -hmm. It touches on things paranormal that we talked about in previous episode. You mentioned seeing large object, objects appear not far over your head that came over the top of you in a slow drifting fashion and then moved with unbelievable speed 
and precision, and yeah. precision and instantaneously that without any noise of propulsion just fast moving left to right uh 50 feet 500 feet over your head whatever it was and uh it might have something to do with this sort of particle acceleration that affects the magnetic force which therefore affects movement I'm guessing. I'm asking. Yeah. So I, I think that part of it's magnetic. Part of it is plasma. Like you, it's it's basically translating the certain minerals and deposits that are biotechnical, like the, in our blood. You know, acupuncture is used. Um, the iron in our blood for when they're using it to basically develop new pathways. So they're aligning their materials with the human body in such a way that it's compatible enough to activate on the gravity mass of that other um entity so that would be the same for non-biological uh, aircraft however some aircraft and they're starting to look into that including submarines to make part of it bio component not necessarily human but like algae and other things that they're using to biodegrade and refuel the energy not only for the breakdown but reabsorption which would give you that nice little circle of life uh, preservation but i think that goes and to our next topic, which is one of my favorite topics Go for recently it. is ball lightning. That's B-A-L-L lightning. Um, <laughs> I know. I never heard about it until recently when someone's like, wow, you experienced that. Wait a minute. Lightning's lightning. It, what, what do you mean a ball of lightning? A fireball? So, yeah, apparently it's very rare. Like 5% of the population has seen this event called ball lightning, where usually, not always, um, it's described as you being, you know, with clouds, lightning and thunder going on, and you have, you know, a storm brewing over you, and all of a sudden comes over you or near you is literally spins off of it a ball of light or several balls of light. Um, some accounts, these accounts have gone back for thousands of years, including like Aleister Crowley. Prominent people have had uh, this happen to them. Uh, where they experience it. Some people have sulfur smells, other people don't. I did not have any sulfur smell. Mine didn't make any noise and I didn't have really any lightning around me. I had one cloud miles away. So I'm not sure what I witnessed if it was from a storm. And some people have the same accounts as me where there's no storm really happening. So they don't know if it's a static in the air or what's going on. Um, but labs have now been able to successfully kind of imitate this. So. Told my wife the only sulfur smell I smell is from a bad dinner, <laughs> but I blame it on the dog. <laughs> We're talking with Kay Merriweathers from Panhandle of Florida, very interesting uh, uh, psychic and uh, person interested in the paranormal and the out-of-body experiences, and a lot of it's turned back into metaphysical, so some of it is science-related. Um, I know there's been many tests done for several years now. And researchers at the United States Air Force Academy have created a ball-shaped flash of this plasma that closely resembles this uh, near-mythical ball lightning you're talking about. They've been reporting on this for millennia, but just reflect back for a minute the mystery of how, uh, going back a few hundred years, people would like to capture this concept and put it into a, a graphic or a, a drawing. What, what were they trying to describe yeah some people had it going down a chimney and it was like a ball of light other people had it whirling around in a church it one hit the church and actually killed a few people 
and it burned a few people and actually killed them. Um, so, and then some people lived to tell the tale. And I think that was like in the 1600s. So those are some kind of like violent events. Mine was not violent. Other people have kind of just witnessed it like myself where you're walking out of nowhere and then there's a huge, huge ball of light. What's interesting about this is mine just appeared five to eight feet off the ground. And it's like it formed from the center in this white ball of light and then collapsed back in on itself and went away. So either that's a weird natural phenomenon that has nothing to do with lightning or static in the air and, you know, other components or possible military, private people doing things. Because in Russia, that's when our Air Force student, um, Mike reported, Mike Lindsay reported on Russia successfully making ball lightning, ball lightning. essentially, which is plasma. Some of the crazy phenomenon we talk about or hear about or get from other people secondhand I wonder sometime is if it's just the um, uh, lack of specific knowledge uh, of the physical chemistry behind and the science behind what this phenomenon is. I mean, it might it? I mean, it's like trying to explain explain to a caveman the use of flint, how a piece of stone can generate a spark. Correct. For a fire has a scientific basis, but was must have scared the hell out of them when they were tr when they saw it for the first time. Yeah, and I I think we you know the funny thing about this is like they've literally tried Gatorade and it works. So they're using electrolytes in there and they're making it work through plasma. So this stuff can run off a ton of things, including your own Gatorade. So that's what's funny. But again, the you also got to take in the psychic side of it, your intuition. Like when I personally witnessed this event, I used, you know, what was around me and I said, okay, well, logically, doesn't make sense that it's coming from a lightning storm when there's only one cloud miles away. Seems really impossible for it to travel that far. Not out of the realm of possibility, but seems impossible. And then also when the event happens, um, it happened statistically anomalous within six months of each other. And most people only witness one event in their entire lifetime, 5% of people ever. Uh, and then to top that off, I felt that this thing had some form of intelligence. So what do you mean? Intelligence? Like when it collapsed in on itself yeah. and then was staying there for a couple of seconds and collapsed back, it gave me a weird feeling of like, well, is this getting into portal technology? Is this getting into like AI portal technology? Is this like a super advanced civilization sending you an email and then poof, and you're supposed to download that information in two seconds? Well, when you were involved, when you witnessed it, did you see it reacting uh, cognitively to circumstances in the environment around it? Or, or was it just the poof that came and went? It was just how it manifested and demanifested that I really felt it was a higher level of intelligence because it wasn't like a lot of the military lasers that are orbs that I see, they seem very programmed by humans, the patterns and how they move and how they're kind of very um, trying to follow something, you know, eager. There's no eagerness with the thing that I witnessed, which did not seem at least normal to most human beings thinking. Um, it didn't seem forced. It seemed very like there for a purpose, you know, as if it had a purpose. Yeah, not to monitor so much, which is what most government technologies do is monitor, which is different. Well, whether it's a physical, scientifically proven 
phenomenon of energy that is called this ball of lightning, uh, it could probably, uh, they might be often misunderstood as UFOs. Mm -hmm. And um, some of them are just centimeters in diameter to uh, yards in diameter. So uh, any other research you're looking into on this, on this idea? Well, I'm trying to see, I think that they can manifest in ways that they want, like in locations, because the first time, the second time I had it happen, which really freaked me out, was huge. I mean, it was like big as this entire room, which was at least 10 feet wide and 10 feet tall. And it was just one giant, like you could, and that's why I say teleportation system, because you could technically walk through, poof, it's gone. Um, not that I was going to do that. But, and then the other time before that came back to me was six months prior and again, these lights, same concept of appearing about five to eight feet off the ground, forming in the center, expanding outwards, and then collapsing in. What was interesting about that one is it did one, and then two minutes later it did another one in a certain location, and then another one kind of forming a triangle. But that to me, there was no way. It was so controlled that I later remembered there's no way that that could be ball lightning because that's supposed to be spinning erratically out of nowhere. But in each case or any case, whether you experienced it or other, other, other was, there, um, was there an interaction of any type? It was very quick. I feel like the interaction was almost after the fact. Like your brain, it is so highly advanced that your brain has to catch up with its processing features after the fact. Ladies and gentlemen, you were talking with Mary, with Kay Mary Weathers, excuse me, from the Panhandle of Florida, a psychic and often involved in the paranormal and uh, things that border scientific and factual epistemic logic versus things that are truly um, uh, paranormal, out of body, and uh, psychic phenomenon. It, every time I have you on, Kay, we enter uh, a world of a different topics. Uh, still would like to know more about what's underground. I still think there's more going on underground that we're not, we're not aware of. What do right you think? Right here. Right here off of, um, you go off into, um, if you're going to Defuniac, there's Bob Sykes Road. That's 285. Yeah. You take that road. There is a punch right in plain sight. You take that road. It's 280 County, 280 Road. Bob Sykes, you go there. And uh, there's a whole line of these big concrete cinder blocks, which are huge. They're not small. They're at least, I would say, about six to eight feet, you know, and then another, give what or do take, you think 20 they are? feet wide. What are I, they? I think they're big blocks for underground. Like, they're, they're doorways that you can open up and go underground because we are trying with tunnels and different things. It is well known that our military is buying out these shipping containers to do shooting inside for practicality reasons, but um, all sorts of testing. Think about deprivation testing. Um, think about hosting certain people or certain types of energy that don't need light or that need a certain focus or that can't have certain sound systems or protection of certain uh, radio waves or any sort of wave that is going through. So all different things, but the, these had at least 20 lined up in a row. We're going to do these podcasts with you from time to time. In, in tease the audience, if you would. What do you think we might talk about again uh, sometime in the future? 
Oh, um, well, definitely we could talk about the topic of teleportation, not just with human beings, but um, I feel like there's these entities that are more prone to use teleportation than other beings, including um, when I say white aliens, I'm not talking about like what people know as gray aliens. If you look at your computer screen or your napkin or a person's skeleton, their bone, that's the kind of white I'm talking about. And so there's also downloads that we can get into talking about, well, how does this technology work? You know, bleeding into other dimensions, thinking outside of the box, essentially. It might seem a little bit weird, but it helps us get, it helps us deal with this physical world. You kind of have to think outside the box. And uh, to the audience, I ask that if you want to think out of the box with us, just go to our website, genevalentino.com. You can reach us through www.genevalentino.com. Send us a message and tell me you'd like to chat with Kay Merriweathers on some items uh, that complement this, this realm, this, uh, this world uh, that is less obvious and uh, not on the 6 o'clock news every, every night. This world, well, I'll take it back a little bit. Senator Rubio from Florida created the Space Force and the uh, UFO um, phenomenon agency to look at look at the unexplained, and I can mm -hmm. I, I commend him for that. He's a newer generation of thinking, and for politicians to be thinking that um, that uh, uh, that liberally, that proactively, is really a compliment to the them trying to look into the future of what's what's out there that we are not. Uh, that we might be taking for granted. And that to me is the first step because you said earlier that, you know, some of the UFOs could be misclassified as this ball of lightning, this plasma. And so investigating it, if people are just getting to the table, if UFOs exist, these things exist, how do we, you know, counteract? How do we work with it? What, how do we make our lives? What does our world look like? You know, this to me is just a first step to get the vocabulary, yeah. to even get the vocabulary for everybody to be on the same page, because we're going to have a lot of miscommunication when we're pioneering things that people can't even explain what they're seeing. So getting this out to the public, getting scientists and just people who think different, working together, we're going to have a, a safer and more advanced and hopefully that's right. Well, said differently, folks, if you've got a crazy ass idea and you just want to bring it forward <laughs> and talk about it, let's talk about it. It may not be so crazy. And um, there's nothing silly or stupid in this uh, venue when you bring forward such ideas. Uh, the sad part is, is not bringing it forward might be the might be the problem. Bring it bring forward a crazy anomaly phenomenon or um, uh, uh just things that go back in time that historically are unexplainable that you'd like to revisit and that may have a, a factual relationship with uh, some of the nuances uh, or the unexplainable phenomenons you're experiencing today. Let's get, let's get those ideas brought forward and it becomes the basis for a much deeper discussion. You said differently, it's not what we know, it's what we don't know that I find most interesting about these kinds of conversations with you. With you, Kay Merriweather is from the Panhandle of Florida. She's been my guest a few times. This is episode three on Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. We thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, stay tuned for another issue here on Gene Valentino's Grassroots Truthcast. Thank you, Kay, and 
Look forward to hearing from you in the future. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank <laughs> you.